0: to steward our walk with God, and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello, and it is my privilege to welcome you to Maintain the Flame today. I'm your host, Keith Collins, and it's always a blessing to know that you are listening to this program I pray that you'll be encouraged, that you'll be challenged, and that you will not really just maintain the flame of God in your heart, but that that fire will grow brighter and hotter each and every day. So again, honored, um, blessed, and just so full of joy, knowing that you are listening today, and you know we know we're reaching people throughout America as well as throughout nations of the world, and. That's just really humbling, to be honest with you. So listen, if you're listening, um, let me encourage you to make contact with us. If you can, you can visit us on two websites. We have two websites, our personal website, Generation Impact Ministry site. Just go to keithcollins.net. That's keithcollins.net. You can also visit us on our other website that's really kind of focused on our network or our family of leaders. We got pastors, missionaries, people in the marketplace, and we're a real family of leaders fulfilling the Great Commission together. You can go to impactgf.org, impactgf.org. And you can reach us through that website as well. Both of those websites have the ability to, to contact us. You can send us a prayer request. You can send us a theological question, even a comment. We love to hear from you, and it's always a blessing to know that, um, that we're reaching people with the truth of God's Word, with the love of Jesus Christ, with a message of hope and healing. Also a message of repentance and revival and awakening. So um, you be encouraged in your walk with the Lord today as we jump into the program. And you know, last week I, um, I talked about um, something that I simply called first priorities. And that was something that I felt was important, especially as we are still in the first month of 2024, it's a new season. I know a lot of people have made um, New Year's resolutions and a lot of times those deal with things like health and habits that we're trying to break and so forth and so on. And those things are all good. But um, but really there's one primary priority. I don't I do even wanna call it a resolution because it's really more than that. It's really who we are and what we're supposed to be as the people of God. And that is the fact that we have been, we've been called to walk with the Lord. So, so last week I did the first part of this theme or this series that I'm calling First Priorities. And I want to jump back into this content again. Um, last week I read some scripture to you. I want to read those verses again. Then I want to go to Coloss- Colossians chapter 1 as well. But Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And then Luke 12, 34 simply says, Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So both Matthew and Luke here really present a picture and present a a theme that really encourages us to live for things of eternal value, to, to set our focus, our passions, our desires our um, agenda, our vision, everything that we are, that we have should be centered around our walk with the Lord and our apprehension of things that really matter, things of eternal value. That's again, Paul even says to set our affection on things above and not to do it on the things of this earth. So as we are, again, dealing with this message of first priorities, um, I want to just read another um, passage of scripture here from the book of Colossians, um, one of the letters from the apostle Paul to the church of Colossae, but listen to what he says in verses 9 through 12. He says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. And listen to what he says here in verse 10. Why? So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. Now, I I could go on and read more, but let me just kind of focus on this one verse of Scripture primarily in verse 10. So, again, Paul has just really um, shared, and he, he opens this chapter up talking about, really thanksgiving and prayer unto the Lord. And then he says, for this reason, since we heard about you, you know, we've continued to pray for you, which is really powerful. But then in verse 10, why is he praying for them? Why is he um, asking the Lord to encourage, to challenge, to enlighten the people of God at this church of Colossae? He says, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you might have great patience and endurance, joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. And I know I've read that already, but I wanted to read it again because I think it's important for us to hear what Paul is saying to the church here. He's telling them that because of what they have received through the gift of salvation that could not be earned. But as a result of that, we've got to live a life worthy of the call of God, and we've got to bear the heart of the Lord in our own lives in the sense that we have a responsibility to prioritize or to steward our walk with God. Now, it's not a, a message of condemnation. It's not Um, Paul saying that this is all about works and deeds and all those kind of things. But at the same time, I, I want you to understand that sometimes that pendulum shifts so far to the other side that we forget that according to the New Testament, we have been called to good works. In other words, because of grace, because of salvation, through grace, by faith alone. And and again, Paul's very clear in Ephesians that it's nothing that we've done in ourselves. We can't boast about it. It's all the grace of God. But because of the grace of God, now we are empowered by grace to live a life worthy of the call of God, worthy of His name, worthy of His purposes, and and our our life, our our actions, our language, our deeds, the way that we prioritize our days and our weeks and our months and our years, um, we have a responsibility in these areas. And this is, again, sometimes challenging, especially in the face of a lot of modern theology that really wants to throw off any responsibility on the church or of the church. And, you know, I I shared last week... um, Talking about first priorities, that when it comes to prayer, and I just want to reiterate this, we've got to prioritize prayer. You're not just going to automatically have a holy lightning bolt from heaven hit you, and all of a sudden you're going to become a prayer warrior. No, you've got to discipline your life in such a way that you prioritize of devotional time with the Lord. It's the same with reading the Word of God. You know, you can. Um, love the Bible, but unless you make time to read the Bible, then you're never going to read the Bible. So so anyway, my point is this. We do play a role when it comes to prioritizing. It's kind of the same way in, in, in our natural bodies. I mean, if we are overweight, or maybe we've got type 2 diabetes, or even type 1 diabetes, and, or maybe we've got other issues, and, and some of these issues, not all of them, but some can be related to diet or lack of exercise, then we have to at some point, hopefully, we have to step back and say, you know what? I've got a responsibility to, to take care of this temple. And if that means that I have to quit eating certain things or I have to begin to walk or whatever we have to do to improve our body so that we can live unto the Lord, then in the natural, we, we think that when we have to do things, well, um, to make that happen, well, I want to say in the spirit realm, Um, it's not so different, my friend. Now, again, I'm not talking about earning salvation. I'm not talking about, you know, um, living in such a way to where we finally feel like God approves of us. Listen, we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I understand all that. But because of that, there is a responsibility. And I just read to you from Colossians where Paul is very clear that we are to live worthy of, of the name of Jesus, worthy of the call of God. So how do we do that? We prioritize our lives, my friend. We we, we look at our lives, and, and and I think we could all, if we're honest, we could all look at our lives. We could look at a day in our lives, a week in our lives, a month in our lives, whatever, and um, we can find where we waste time, where we... Um, are given maybe to to frivolous things that really have no eternal value. Now, at the same time, it's not wrong to enjoy life. You know, I have um, three grown daughters. I have eight grandchildren. We love to go on vacation. Um, you know, I love nature. I love the woods. I, I enjoy things like hunting and fishing and and things of that that nature. And and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not a sin. But but if I spend all my time um, you know, just doing my hobbies or doing what I want to do and I neglect the Lord and I neglect prayer and I neglect the people of God and I neglect the Great Commission, then I'm not living worthy of the call of God. So again, I think a lot of it has to do with prioritization. A lot of it has to do with um, proper stewardship. And again, as we are here at the first of the year, I'm, I'm reflecting upon my own life. I'm asking the Lord, what can I do to better prioritize a level of deeper relationship with Jesus in 2024. Listen, I've I've been in ministry now for 38 years, and I've done a lot of things, but that that really doesn't amount to a holy life or a devoted life. I mean, those things have all been amazing, but right now, you know, today, it is. Um, you know it's it's wednesday it's january i'm sitting here in my office and my question here today on january the 17th is where am i at with the lord today and again it's not a question of condemnation however um, it should be maybe a question of conviction because there's always more. There's always deeper places. And again, I'm not talking about salvation. I know I keep saying that, but I think, again, a lot of times people think, oh, they throw up the red flag, legalism, legalism. I'm not talking about legalism, friend. I'm talking about a deeper walk with Jesus. I'm talking about paying a price to know him in a deeper way so that he can be more glorified through my life during my small increment of time that I have on this earth. So listen, I believe in the life of a believer in Jesus Christ. um, There's really this, um, this natural tension between who we are because of God's love for us and what we do as a result of that love, and I hope that makes sense. Let me let me clarify that a little bit. Um, our identity in Christ is foundational. In other words, if you don't know who you are in Christ, if you don't know. That you are part of the beloved that you're part of the family that you are um, adopted into this amazing family of believers in jesus and you don't find your your identity that really brings a godly sense of security then um then oftentimes you're going to find yourself performing in a religious way, trying to get God to approve of you. And, and that, that's a sad place to be. So let me just say this. Um, if you're born again of the spirit of God, if you've repented of your sins, if you've confessed your sins, if you've confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord and you've repented and did a 180 turn away from your old life, then my friend, you are a child of God. And hopefully you've been water baptized and even baptized in the Holy Spirit. Those are things that we get involved in, and we do as we see from Scripture, and we get plugged in to a local body of people, and we begin to go deep in the Word and deep in prayer. All those things are important. So, But here's the thing. You've got to know who you are in Jesus. I don't wake up every day wondering if I'm saved. I wake up every day rejoicing in the power of the blood of Jesus that keeps me. However, this is what's important. Because of that, There's this tension that's a godly good tension in the sense that I can't just kind of um, relax and lay back on the couch of Christianity, so to speak, and do nothing. Because of that, he's called me to a life of obedience. He's called me to a life of prayer. He's called me, again, as Paul said in Colossians, to live a life worthy of the call of God. But it comes out of my identity. It comes out of who I know I am in the heart of Jesus. It comes out of the fact that I know that I am loved of my Father, and I have security in that. And because of that, my philosophy, my passion, as Paul said in Philippians, is by life or by death. I want to serve Jesus to the uttermost, to the fullest. I want everything in my life that can be squeezed out of me, so to speak, during my time on earth. And I'm you know, in my mid fifties. So, I mean, I've got some time probably, but I don't have a whole lot of time, but I I don't want to waste any time. I don't want to waste days and weeks and months and years. I want to live worthy of the call of God. How do I do that? I prioritize Jesus. He's everything. He's my passion. He's my purpose. He's my native air. He's the lover of my soul. I am amazed with him. He overwhelms me. so so again um, you know we've got to know who we are. You've got to know that you're a child of God. That foundation, if it's ever removed then it's very easy to get into religious performance or even into um, legalism, into kind of like this treadmill of Christianity, and you're never in joy, you're never in freedom, however, from freedom, from joy, from godly identity, from knowing that we're loved of God, then, friend, our fuel for obedience is not religion, our works. Our fuel is intimacy from the Lord, and it's almost like like Paul said in Galatians 2.20, that I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but now it's Christ that lives in me. In other words, Paul was at a place in his life when he's writing this letter, we could literally say that you know what? The the propulsion or the fuel for my obedience is not the fact that I know that this is wrong and this is right, but it's the fact that Christ lives in me and through me, because of my interconnectedness, because of my divine union that I have with Him, it's a it's a deeper place than just devotion, or a deeper place than just noble effort. It's it it's a deeper place than discipline, and discipline's great. We're disciples of Jesus Christ, but I'm telling you, there is a higher arching dynamic that can completely bring a person into this powerful place of obedience and what is that that's radical love for Jesus that's fueled by the reality of who he is in us and who we are in him and what happens because of being born again of the spirit of God and again we can say with Paul in in Galatians 2:20 that I'm crucified with him and therefore, I'm not even living anymore. And of course, Paul was there. He was living. He still had a human spirit. He still had a personality, but he was so connected to the spirit of Christ that the spirit of Christ and his spirit, man, were so united that it was Christ that directed his heart, his words, his thoughts, his days, his passions. And friend, I don't know about you, but that's where I want to be. That's the life that I want to live. And so listen, um, we can even be deceived by good Works. I mean, you can be so involved with doing good things that your works can replace a relationship with Jesus or with the Lord Himself. Um, himself by the things that we do for Him. So, so again, that's why I say that it's it's really attention and we have to by relationship with him make sure that that we're living in obedience but obedience that's fueled by our walk with God. So we we must be careful really not to allow good things to overshadow or even take place the best thing which is our our walk with him. So we we have to prioritize this. So it's it's really vital again that we steward our lives so that the primary things always take Precedent and really the you know the most urgent and important aspect about seeking God's will is to make Him the center of our lives. He, he must be our first place, our first priority. He's the paramount reason that that we live, that we exist. In Him we live and we move and we have our being. The Bible says we must live these God oriented lives as someone once said he takes first place in life and there is no second or third place that compares with him so we don't compartmentalize Jesus he's not just um you know one of our friends that we hang out with or he's not just like you know like we all have jobs or many of us many people do we have jobs or maybe we have a a ministry and we have our hobbies and and you know we we have time with our kids and time with our wives and, and all those things are fine. There's nothing wrong with those things, and they're even important. We have to prioritize some of those things, but can I tell you that Jesus is more than just a part of your life. We don't compartmentalize him the way that we do other events and other responsibilities. Everything should spring forth from who he is, and because of who he is, we should live unto him, and everything we do Even in word or in deed, we do it all in the name of Jesus. We do it all for the glory of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's first place. So listen, um, I I know this. um, In life, it's very easy. Again, we're talking about first priorities, first of the year here. And I know some of this is kind of like repetition for some of you. And maybe you're a pastor or a leader. Maybe you're... um, you know, maybe you've been in the church for many years, or maybe you've just been saved for a week or a month. But but listen, this is for everybody. And this is for me, thirty-eight years of ministry. Cause listen, it's real easy to begin down a path of good intentions, such as, Man, I'm gonna pray this year. I'm gonna read the Bible through. I'm gonna start going to prayer meeting. I'm gonna start going to Bible study with a a group of men, or maybe you're a woman, a group of women, or I'm going to start going out Friday nights and witnessing to people. And, and it's, it's very easy to, to launch into that as it is, you know, again, like I said, in the natural, it's very easy to begin, um, a proper eating habit or exercising. However, only those things which are prioritized remain a constant in our lives. So, um, we can talk a good talk, friend, we can even um, fool others and make them think that we are holy and we are deep with the Lord but um, it's not what we say friend it, it, it's how we live and it's who we really are. And I just want to really encourage you friend we are we're living in a very challenging really an ominous time in America as well as many nations we've got wars going on. Why am I saying that? because the world needs people that really know Jesus to be functioning in their walk with God so that we can have an impact on society. So so listen, I I know after many years of being in ministry that, that there are some people that really have a desire for God in their lives so that they can simply have a, a a source of need in times or source of help in times of need or or even their salvation beyond this present world. However, I know this Jesus wants our hearts, he wants our passions, not just our list of needs and wants. So why are we spending time with Jesus? And again, we we cast our care upon Him because He cares for us, the Bible says. At the same time, I know that uh, my, my greatest times with the Lord are when I just come into His presence, revere Him, honor Him, worship Him, love Him just even speak how beautiful He is, how holy He is, how powerful He is. And I believe the Lord longs for us to um, to really live in that place. Listen, we, we really never, um, if, if, if we never, I'm sorry, if we never learn to prioritize our life, um, if we never get to that place to where He becomes first place, and if we don't, first of all, learn to give everything to the Lord, then, then we lose this foundation of what it really means to be his and to be his disciple, his follower. You see, I, I love Matthew 10, 39. It says, whoever finds their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. You see, serving the Lord and prioritizing, prioritizing Jesus is not just bringing him into our plans. It's saying, Lord, you are the plan. <laughs> you, you are the fa-. In other words, it's, it's losing the agenda of Keith Collins. It's losing the the goals of Keith Collins, if need be. And sometimes, you know, God will give you the desires of your heart, the Bible says, as long as they are in line with His will. But But sometimes there's things in our lives that are not in line with God's will. But we are so committed to them and so passionate about them. But as we go deeper in the Lord, I know in my own life there have been times when the Lord just says take your hand away from that or get away. I know there was some career opportunities that I had earlier in my life when I was a much younger man that would have deemed very profitable financially um, with regard to retirement and even business um, money and all that kind of stuff. But but I knew that, and again, that's there's nothing wrong with that. if That's God's call on somebody. But I knew that God had called me to do what I do to to raise up leaders to preach the gospel to go to the nations and and I knew at that season in my life that that I could not do both and and I had to walk away with something that I really wanted and that I really desired and you know the Lord brought me to that decision so I think in our lives you know again everything has to be prioritized based on Number one, is it the will of God in my life? And number two, am I making deci- am I making a decision out of my walk with God or out of my human emotions or what I think is something that I need or I want to have. So again, it's it's so important to prioritize him because he really does, as the Bible says, he you know, man makes a decision, man makes plans, but God directs our steps and there's something so supernatural about that truth and that reality. Um let me l- 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 excuse me, let me close today by um shared a few quotes, and then next week I want to come back and finish this theme of first priorities and share some really practical steps for us and, and what it looks like to do what I'm talking about. But listen to what Elizabeth Elliott said. She was the, um, the widow of the, the, the missionary Jim Elliott that was martyred by the Alca Indians in Ecuador in the 50s, and she's with the Lord now. But Elliott, Elizabeth Elliott said, the will of God is not something you add to your life. It's a course you choose. You either line yourself up with the Son of God or you capitulate to the principle which governs the rest of the world. Man, I I love that. Um, Alan Cohen said this, business is not a reason for not getting other things done. It is the excuse for not claiming your true priorities. And I read that and I said, wow. Um, And a couple more here. Um, Richie Norton says, you got to make it a priority to make your priorities a priority. And Elizabeth George said, your choices and decisions are a reflection of how well you've set and followed your priorities. And one more, St. Augustine said, whoever has Christ in his heart so that no earthly or temporal things, not even those that are legitimate and allowed or preferred to him, has Christ as a foundation. But if these things be preferred, then even though a man seems to have faith in Christ, yet Christ is not the foundation to that man Wow, how powerful. Hey, God bless you this week. Thanks for listening to Maintain the Flame. Um, Share this with someone if you can, and you be encouraged in going deeper in the Lord. Visit us at keithcollins.net or impactgf.org. Thank you for listening. We look forward to being back with you again next week on Maintain the Flame. May the love of Jesus be real in your lives. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at Keith-Collins.org or impactgf. Org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.